Okay, so this is the calm before the storm. Recording this in Horndean School. It's about half past four, coming up to five o'clock. Pete's away getting some of the army boys. I'm standing in the hall with some well-decorated tables, a fully-fledged ring, timekeeper bell. So hopefully it's going to be another really fun night. Hi guys, welcome to the Boxing Review Pod. Now, the voices you're going to hear first are going to be some flash interviews with some of the boxers from the Waterlooville location. You're going to hear the voices of Mel Jenkins. Uh, you're going to hear opponent Deanie. You're going to hear Rob Dada. You're going to hear Craig Thompson, Katie Hawkins, and a little bit from Jack Sykes as well. These guys all fought on the Saturday and were on hand on Wednesday to give us some thoughts. After that, Pete Lines and I break down the bulk of the action from Saturday. Uh, you will hear this in full before we then preview the Strongman event that's taking place this Sunday, 10.30, Titchfield Rec, deep in Fairham territory. Hope to see you all there and I hope you enjoy what you're about to hear. How are you feeling post-fight? Yeah, good mate. All 26 seconds of it. Yeah. In all its glory. I didn't get much of a battering, but how it is mate um, what did you make of the boxing on Saturday how did you get on it was good it was mad it was a mad experience tell everyone what happened to your fight it was very good fight <laughs> we both got punched we both got punched did you come away with any bruises well do you know what I have a bruise but I have no idea if that's from punched because it's a really <laughs> random space so um, this is not great radio but Mel is pointing to the crease in her elbow uh, where she's got a really colourful purple bruise uh, what she's also been very humble about is she won on Saturday um, in a three rounds, went the distance, won comfortably on points. Her husband is nodding. What did you make of the fight, Jim? It was good, really good. She put in the effort, done the hard graft, and it paid off. Yeah, you can tell she'd listened as well. Although... I, I did try and listen, but it does go out the window, like yeah. 100% when you're in there. I was trying to tell myself over and over to do all the things we were taught, but yeah. it definitely does go out the window a bit. It does, yeah, I think that happens to all of us. Cool, so we've got um, Rob and Katie here, who both won their fights on Saturday. Rob, how did you think your fight went? I thought it went exactly how I wanted it to go. I mean, I was just happy to get the win. Yeah. And I was surprised the nerves didn't get the best of me. And yeah, I felt like I did what I wanted to do out there. So. Yeah, so Rob and Mick were on first. And, and so I, I think that enhances the nerves. I was on first last year and it, I think it makes, it makes a difference. I think so. Um, yeah, it was a bit nerve wracking in the room and everyone's just watching you get ready. And you feel like there's a lot of pressure on you to to have a decent fight going yeah, first yeah. up. So, Katie, rumour has it from, from chatting to Pete that you were the other main contender for best boxer on Saturday. I don't know if you know, know this, but loads of people, including him, have been raving about how you fought on Saturday. How did you think you fought on Saturday? <laughs> oh, that's nice to hear. I think I did better than I thought I was going to do in my head. Like, it went a lot better. Like, I think in sparring, where everyone I went against was a lot bigger than me, actually, the actual fight made it a bit easier because I was so used to going pe people a lot taller than me. Yeah, and suddenly you were against someone yeah. who was short and had the same reach as you. Yeah, yeah, that makes a difference. The adrenaline definitely kicked in. Like, that definitely helped me. The adrenaline. Like, I got in. I wanted to win. Yeah. Are you going to do it again? Yeah, I'd like to do it again. Yeah. yeah. So you're actually thinking of joining up, uh, joining up with the army, aren't you? Yeah. So you might be uh, following Pete's footsteps and joining the army boxing team before we know it. Maybe. I think you should. You should. We got Deanie with us here now. Um, Deanie sadly didn't get the win on on Saturday, but boy, did you have a lot of heart in your fight. 
How did you, uh, what did you make of the experience? I absolutely enjoyed it and I did a lot better than what I thought because obviously I'd suffered with COVID previous. So my chest was a bit of a problem, unfortunately. But considering that I was suffering, I think I did very well. You did, yeah. Dini literally had it the week before uh, the dreaded Rona. and big question would you do it again yes i would love to do it again yeah yeah and i, I think really you should, enjoyed it because you put so much into it and when you were in the ring you kind of you came alive so it was, it was great <laughs> thank you cool. so i'm now standing here with my opponent from saturday uh, who sadly he wasn't able to get the win although perhaps should have done in my view because he had me on the ropes in the third round um craig what did you make of the whole experience Absolutely brilliant. I never done it before. First time six weeks ago. Hadn't done any boxing, and uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And fun, whole brilliant event. Uh, great people. Lots of you know, lots of encouragement, and you know, really, really good event. So we've just heard that the new training camp is going to be in January next year. Uh, we're aiming for a show in April, May. Is that something you're going to be interested in? Definitely, definitely up for it. Yeah, no, the whole the whole build up to it, really, really good. Just uh, be thanks to Pete for all the efforts on that. Really, really good. Absolutely, and a quick one for all three of you here. You know, what is the thing you think you learnt most from uh, the boxing training camp? Bit of um, how how hard it is, <laughs> how fit you need to be. It looks, you know, we did three rounds of two minutes. That was so hard. It was really really uh yeah good training but still very hard yeah Yeah. katie definitely i think for me i think before i did the boxing i had never really even watched the boxing game really apart from you guys last year boxing game (laughs) you boxing (laughs) (laughs) apart from you guys last year so i feel like for me i kind of learned everything because i didn't really know yeah kind of any of them learned from scratch (laughs) yeah and rob what's the one thing you'll take away Uh, i'll take away it's um yeah i guess sparring against pete is a little bit humbling because you think you're doing good and you just, just realise you. you got so much more to learn, and um, yeah, yeah it's, it's quite a technical sport, and it's not just Basham. And it absolutely isn't. Yeah. What did you guys make of his fight at the end? His ex- elite exhibition with oh, his mate Matt Wells. Pete smashed him. Um, <laughs> it was mad. It was mad yeah. to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's so so much more of a higher level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You think you, you know you're working hard, but that was really good. And you realise yeah. it was going easy on us in um, yeah yeah it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> when you see those left hooks flying, they were so quick. We're here recording our. End of Boxing Night review. It's Wednesday. We've had a few days to reflect. This is Bobby B and Pete Lyons here for the Thunder Buddies podcast. Just want to start by saying that the night really went off. Uh, how do you think the night went, Pete? I, I thought I thought it was it was amazing. It was a really good display of skill, um, strength, courage, um, but also on the flip side as well that everyone that came out, you know, created an electric atmosphere and just those two put together just created a, a really good night. Um, and as I say, we'll go through the, the final points of the show and that, but on a whole, it was a massive success. There's a few things that we're going to change for next time, but on the whole, it, it, was, it was a massive success. Yeah, let's talk about those, but what would you change for next time? So obviously, the first, the first thing, we'd done a boxing show in the height of summer, in the heat wave, it was ridiculously hot in there. Um, and for, for some reason, I forgot to ask if it has if it's an aircon in the, in the yeah, school, you know, so... So we're going to move the show, I believe, to about April, May. Also, then the training camp will then coincide with New Year. Obviously, New Year, people are looking for something to do, yeah. and it's a good, um, it's a good leading. You know, they 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 start some uh, boxing training camp is very dedicated. It's the dedicated that you can throw everything into, and then you've got that boxing night at the end yeah. uh, in April. I really like that as a kind of program to to promote that actually, you know, people. <laughs> often do the you know, cliche 
new year, new me, I'm going to you know, pick something up or I'm going to give something up. But us having a really focused program at that time, I think will we'll come across really well and we'll get people involved. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think, um, yeah, the, the, the new year, new me, um, boxing's a hard, dedicated sport that you need to throw, throw yourself into. Um, so I know I believe that, and then also on the show, it's not going to be so hot, but it's still you know it's still going to be hopefully in April May still nice weather so that you know um, we can make a bit of a, a bit of day evening of it as well. Yeah, yeah. So what else do you think? Maybe look to put food on next time. So I was thinking this too, yeah. especially when you looked around and um, you know, we had the tables out and it set nice. It you know. There's no reason why you couldn't have a dinner on, and it could look really nice. So we've all we've already I've already spoke to to Horn Dean about them. So they put food on, so that would definitely be a be an option for for next time. And I think that would be that would be um, quite good. Whether we do it as a buffet or a sit down meal, yeah, yeah. like, but that's the conversation. But on the next show, we're definitely looking to to put that on. One thing I learned from doing it is, uh, yeah, I've I've ended up running around uh, today, yeah, getting a few interviews from the boxers because. Uh, it was so easy to try to do too much on the night and I yeah. thought oh I'll record lots of interviews live there but you know fighting and DJ I just set myself too much to do yeah. and it was so easy to do that when there's a small team of you and wanting it to go off well maybe yeah. I should have pulled in some more people into like the tech team for one of a better word definitely no I can, I can thoroughly relate to that as well so <laughs> I know I know you feel Rob but yeah, you know, and that's, no, you never get one hundred percent right, and there's always a, there's always learning points, there's always teaching points to come out of everything. But you know, should be reviewing it, uh, and then we're definitely going to do it and make it better next time. I think we should tell the guys listening why did we put on a book, uh, on a boxing show? You know, what was the point of doing this? So it's something that I've always wanted to do for 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 a long time. You know, that that's my background. You know, I've, I've 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 boxed through multiple teams. I've boxed on um, tournaments overseas. I've coached. Um, different teams and so boxing is always my background so that when I went into um, to run my physical training in the civilian world you know like it was always something that I, I was looking to do with boxing there's a lot of moving parts you know there's a lot of like safety there's a lot of stuff that you need to, to, to have in play and it, and it takes up a lot of time you know, you know I, I run all the training camps myself but it's something that you know is such a dedicated sport and it it's a bucket list thing to do, you know, so I always undo it. And everyone that, that has boxed on the show has, has really either learned something through training camp or um, or learned something about themselves on the night, you know. Um, so, you know, we'll, de- we'll definitely continue that. There's been a few characters across both shows who, as people, are more introverts, they're a bit more reserved. Yeah. And seeing them come out and do something like that was, you know, was really good. To see. Yeah, yeah, like like I said, it's, it's literature. So we'll, we'll probably go on to like the the, the, the people and and um, the achievements of, yeah, of people yeah, on the show. But, but but it's been you know over over all over both boxing shows. You know, I can th- I can think of loads of people that have sort of come out of the show and and, and got done. I think one of the nice things about putting the show on is the fact that you have something at the end of it. It's you know some of the other things we do are one off events. Yeah. Whereas where there's a training camp with a structure, with a start, middle and end, you have quite a defined experience, which is you know, unlike anything else we do. Yeah, we and we become quite close, you know, like, you know, we, we um, and even the guys that didn't box, you know, they're, they're, they're still part of it because they went through the process, you know, like yeah. it's very slow and progressive to start off with. We go, we break it down, we do stance, guard, we do footwork, um, then we go into actually throwing shots, 
then we then we pick it up a little bit going to defensive and stuff like that. Progressive before the last week, you know, then we go through the different sparring, we go through the tech sparring or the tech stuff, then we go into condition spar, building up into the open spar and then we go on to the show. So it is progressive. And everyone that um that, that comes in and, and comes to fight camp, regardless if they box or not, you know, would have learnt something and took something away, you know. And then also we become this close knit team where we 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 we, we'll be training at five o'clock in the yeah. morning, training all different locations, so that they end up coming to support each other as well, and they're from different locations as well, which is nice to see, you know. Yeah, and that was one of the things that was really nice about being in the changing rooms before the show. Rob Dada picked up on the fact that everything about the show, including that time when you were in the changing rooms together, getting warmed up. As a team, different locations, but one, you know, but one corner for that night. Yeah. Um. And and there was there was lots of camaraderie in there. You all were going through the same thing, and that's quite a unifying experience. Yeah. And it's something that that I think this time only really came out towards the end of the training camp because yeah. um, for various reasons, I think there were more injuries and more illnesses this time, but also different training locations. I think you know both years we we've, we've seen a real team form yeah. and I think it's only going to get it's only going to get better from there really to us you know so I'm, I'm looking for I'm, I'm looking forward to the to the next training camp already you know like um, <laughs> see see um, some old faces that are coming back to it again but then also you know from that show there'll be some new people that are, I want to go I don't want to represent my location I want to put myself out there and I want to achieve something which will be good you know so look out you know if you're interested you come to the show you want to do it um, look out for dates starting in January but once again we'll start in multiple locations ready to come down learn something and then and then book from the show at the end the one thing on my request list for next year and I've said it before is belts yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. A belt, but, UK belt of some but, kind but, but we will we will start we will start having them once um once a few um seasons in and people have got some wins on the record you know then we'll, we'll bring some boot camp belts and that be championship belts which will be a nice another little additive and and then keeping that step up again you know i'm trying to think if there anybody who's two who's come off the show yeah, laura laura's two and i we'll get into it but there was lots of redemption stories there was a lot of redemption yeah, there's people a, who lost last time who came out came, came back but that, that, that's good there's yeah although there's a few from the first show who um will be back like Ryan, yeah, yeah. won, yeah, yeah, um, and, and we'll there's people that that won on the second second time of us, and we'll be coming back as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. Now we're going to get a few good runs together. I want to talk about some of the fights, and for us both to talk about some of the fights that we enjoyed. Who was first, Rob Dado and Mike? So I didn't see this one because I was getting warmed up. Yeah. Um. So talk us through it. What happened? Rob Rob came out, came to the centre ring, and he bossed it off the jab. And then every time Mike got, Mike got closed, he'd slide his feet into the round and land the right hand, you know. Mike got busted up a little bit, his nose was gone, but he kept pushing forward, kept, kept trying to press the action, showed a lot of heart, a lot of courage, but on the scorecards. Rob probably just edged every single round, so I go 10-9 to, to Rob, so we come around with, with a victory at the end, yeah. But it was, um, so the guys that were on training camp will know that, I, you know, I call it getting greedy. When you, when you land a shot and then you keep throwing, you keep yourself in there and you allow your opponent to land one there, which is nullifies all the good work that you've done. Rob showed, you know, you know what he'd learned that he had been listening to, that he'd land the punch, he'd move off and he'd reset, yeah. And then it was only from Mike to come forward. It was a tough one, it was a close fight, um, but I had Rob in all, all three rounds there. What was his um, countering of head movement like? Because I know that in the last club spa, one of the things that he would say that he knew he wasn't doing was 
throw an encounter off after his defence. So oh. he would move his head and then wouldn't throw it. Yeah, so he wouldn't throw it and his head movement was really good. But funny you should mention that is that his head movement, he didn't really move his head in this fight. Okay, he yeah. moved his feet, which is, you know, so, you know, when I say the best form of defence is not to be there in the yeah, first yeah. place, he'd slide his feet into range, he'd land the punches, then they'd move off and start again. But I say, yeah, in a close fight, we, 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 there was no outright win in all three of those rounds, but he, had, he edged all three. So next after that was was me Rob Biles versus Craig Thompson. How do how, how, how do you feel how do you feel you you boxed in this one? I'll, yeah. I'll chuck it back onto you. How would you assess your your performance? So it was really interesting. Um, we get to the end of the third round and I can't call which way it's gone, mm. um, and I'm ready to have lost it. And I'm always mentally preparing myself for for going you know zero and two um, and. Uh, you know, knowing it being close and knowing I hadn't perhaps capitalised on everything I could have people would say I'm very harsh on myself and I'm sure that will come out at some point but um, but I knew I'd won the first round and uh, Mikey Orchard who was brilliant all night um, was in my corner and, and he had said you know you won the first in my view you won the second I was coming off the jab I was keeping things busy and I was following up and catching Craig with my rear hand by the third round maybe it was the heat um, maybe Craig just found something from somewhere, but he overwhelmed me, and and I was doing things I knew I shouldn't be doing. I turned at one point. I was he he was just throwing shot after shot, gassing himself out, lunging. But there was just so much coming, and I wasn't able to offer much back. And I think he comfortably won the third round. But because I didn't know which way the second one had gone, I thought this this could yeah. this could go either way. Yeah, so I'll go, I'll go from, 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 from my assessment. I think that, that's quite a fair assessment, really, to be honest. Um, this is how I, I looked at it. In the, uh, you come out first round, straight to the centre ring, bossed it off the jab, touch, touch, touch with that jab. Every time you stepped in, you threw the backhand and you landed, yeah? Yeah. Uh, and then you moved off and reset, yeah? Very, very in control in the first round. Craig had a little bit of a go, and, uh, maybe at the end of the first round, you moved off and you didn't get involved. Which is what I, I teach people. People, you know, hit and don't get hit. Don't get involved in a scrap. Move off. Move off. Move yeah. off. You, you quite comfortably won that round. There, yeah, come back. Well, a good, good job. Came, came out in the first, uh, the second, and you know, back to it. Tried to uh, Craig it up to the ante there. I don't know whether the corner said, you know, you know, you lost that first round. You need to put it on a little bit. He was moving forward, but you was you was catching him on the way in, you know. Yeah. But then he was coming in. He was overwhelming, and it was a pretty much a back and forth round. I knew I'd one. scored some clear, some clean shots though. Whenever I hit, whenever I threw, I was getting through. But the thing was, he was throwing more. Yeah, he was walking through the shot, so he was. He, was, he, he was, absolutely was. So he was walking onto my jab, and I couldn't believe him. Kept walking yeah. onto my jab and then throwing. Yeah, so he, he, he you know, obviously he upped the ante and he put you under a bit of pressure, and you landed shots on the way in, but then you couldn't move your feet or you couldn't move off the angle, and he was then just overwhelming with the shots. And I say the second round, you know, I was very, very on the fence, you know. But I looked for the clean scoring shots, the ones that, the, you know, the, the snapping the head back rather than yeah. the, the, the the volume of shots. And that, yeah. that's what we went for in the second round. Third round come out, obviously Craig upped it again and, and prop went for it, you know. Yeah, and put you under a lot of pressure. You know, there was there was times where you had to cover up on the road, dig in, you know. Um, there's a couple of stand eight counts and, and Craig went for it. You know, you still hung in there. You still threw back when you could, but you know, just the volume of shots coming forward yeah. and Craig comfortably won that round. So yeah, so you know, and that is how close it can be. You know, so if you look at on a, on the overall, 
like some people might have looked at it as that like overall where especially if it was overwhelming in the last one they won it but you've got to score about round by round you know once again that could that fight could have gone either way and that is why you know Craig you know ended up getting most gallant you know yeah because um, he lost a very, very he lost a very close decision but he kept moving forward even when he was getting hit he kept moving forward yeah he absolutely did and what I love about Craig as a human being anyway he was so magnanimous in defeat yeah. he was so quick to hug me and yeah. he was a cheerful sod all evening but generally you know that's that's what boxing should be you know like some of the some of the some of the fights where I've gone in and we've absolutely absolutely belted each other mm. for the for the for the full three rounds and like you know you know, we, we because you share you share that experience with them in the ring. You know, so win or lose, like fights go either way. You know, like as I say, I, I lost four of my first five bouts. I lost I lost twelve in total. No, no, but I, you know, I learned something those, and they're all individual experiences that I can take away. You know, and it's good to to get in that and share share that with someone. You no, know? and fights can swing either way. You know, you you look at you look at that that your fight in particular. You know, there was probably one, one or two punches that have swung the whole fight, and a really good fight to watch. As well, the crowd were on the feet as well. There was electric in there. As well. Yeah, I really wanted. That's one thing I really wanted to pick up on. Yeah, Farron were always going to be loud, really loud for me, and that was really uh, kind. But but Pompey were really loud too. Yeah. And you know, I know I live in Portsmouth, so quite I, I know quite a few of the guys. But it felt like I had like half the room by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's good. Nice. It's good, and obviously Craig, obviously Waterloo have got a lot of support there as well. Yeah. So it was good to. You know, it's good to have both sides, both boxes getting cheered to the rafters and stuff. It was allowed. And in my, in my in my eyes, at the end of that battle, you were both winners. You know, yeah. regardless of them. He deserved most gallant for sure. Yeah. Um, and there was a few contenders, and we'll come on to that. Yeah. But um, the the noise, I think, particularly in Fair and Waterlooville fights. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. there's a bit of a rivalry there. Yeah, right? there was some <laughs> real noise. Yeah. Uh, the third bout, who was next? It was it was Katie, Katie Hawkins, yeah. Hawkeye Hawkins yeah. versus Debbie Edwards. Yeah. We talked a bit about this one because Katie was one of your uh, well, was your pick for best boxer. Yeah. You were bullied by the red corner. Yeah. Um, but um you know, both fighters put on um you know, put their heart and soul into it. But what yeah. made Katie's performance so good? So with with Katie um is the footwork, you know, like the, the lead hand in football and as I say through, through training camp obviously you don't have to overcomplicate boxing if you've got decent football you can slide into range you can slide out of range and you've got decent straight shots whether it be the lead hand or the rear hand you know you can I've seen guys win national titles with just that as well yeah um, so she so she listened she, she she boxed with the lead hand she set everything up with the lead hand and when she got her feet into range she let the rear hand go and then she then she moved her feet and she didn't get in there you know with Deb no, she was blocking like the, the the jab wasn't landing a lot of time, but it, it, you know she couldn't get her own attacks off because that jab was constantly in her face. You know, uh, and then when she you know she's blocking the jab, it, it wasn't happening. But then she couldn't slide her feet to get her own attacks off. Yeah, and then and Kate was landed and landed quite uh, convi- convincing shots. Deb in the last round she had a bit of a go. She pushed her back and um, and landed a couple of rear hands, which Katie took well, and then and then saw the rest of the fight out as well. So the main the main thing with with Katie, she listened, she left footwork, lead hand, and yeah, and she's done, she done, she done amazing. Done real. As both of them did as well, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't think there were any complete walkovers. Um, no. And uh, it was nice to see. There were some comfortable winners, but there were, there were no walkovers, no. Uh, and that, it was nice that it was a competitive night. Yeah. Number four was Mike, Mike Elves, he's no longer the super heavyweight champion, Horn Dean, versus, oh, versus Liam Plunkett. Yeah. yeah. 
that was a heavyweight contest, so he wasn't heavyweight. even fighting at super heavyweight. No, no, so no, he, he moved down. He's looking for he's looking for titles in in um, two mul- weights. Mul- multiple weights. Yeah, he's a multiple <laughs> weight class champion. Um, yeah, so that one there. Like obviously, Liam is very te- technical proficient. Probably the most technically proficient boxer that we've got. You know, um, he doesn't waste a lot. Doesn't throw a lot. Mike was bigger, stronger, um, and Mike can bang. He, he's got a dig on him. You know, he's got a dig on him. So you know, Liam had to be sw- sharp, switched on, because he didn't want to get hit, hit with anything like that, you know, so, uh, and he did, he come up to the centre ring, boss it from the centre ring, let Mike circle around, let Mike bear up all those ner- nervous energy, and when he when he stepped in, like, Liam counted him. First two rounds, quite comfortably for Liam, uh, and then the last round, Mike has a bit of a go, you know, it does, take, yeah. takes him he back to the streets. He realises he's losing. Yeah, takes him back to the streets, you know, like, uh, <laughs> The but, darkest alleys of um, Whiteley. Oh, there are many dark alleys of Whiteley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And had a bit of a go, threw a lot of punches and bunches. And Liam, Liam was quite clearly the winner. Obviously, Mike in sparring really at his ribs, you know, and he's, yeah. he's been struggling all week. There was times where he was going to pull out of the fight because yeah. of his ribs. So I've got, I've, got, I've got to take my hat off there, you know, that, that he come on and get in the ring. And not only did he get in the ring, he got in the ring with probably one of the best boxers there as well, you know. So yeah. he's got... Um, Balls the size of volleyballs. And I think what was interesting about that is because of the way that Liam fights, you know, Mike still had a chance, even with his ribs, you know, yeah. had a chance at this bout because Liam is, but he's a counterpuncher. Yeah, he's a counterpuncher. Yeah, yeah. So with, with, with Liam, he, he needs you to, to lead off so he can make you miss and then he can create those openings in the lead. Yeah. What Liam will struggle with is that going forward and setting his own attacks up, you know, like, yeah. you know, and um, it's something that doesn't come naturally to you. He will, you know, he can do it. You know, but he would rather sit back and make you miss and make, make you make you pay really. And it, and obviously, it's work, you know, don't fix something that's not broke. You know, um, you know, he was land, he was landing cleanly, and the onus was on the Mike to try and try and do something else. Yeah, he's he's a good proficient boxer. You've got a you've got to really set the attack up with with him. You've got to really faint. You've got to draw his leads. You've got to draw his leads. Create those openings. Yeah, you know, because if you just like we saw in Spiderman when when we had the. Um, the open and the club bouts of spa where mm. people were just trying to bludgeon through Liam's guard. He was catch, 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 catch on the elbows, bang, land one shot, and then and then he's away, you know. Yeah, he had Adam in the club at uh, spa, so he's, he's done both. Of yeah, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, Mike, five was Paul, Jack and his entourage yeah, yeah. versus um, Paul, the smiler, yeah. Herbert. This was short. Very, very short with this Talk one, us yeah. through why this was short. Well, they both, both come out... Um, Defence for the shot, both sort of top down defence, defensive for the shot, looking for it. Jack was getting his jab and he was starting to work his jab nicely. Worked about, probably it was about 30 seconds, worked about with a nice double jab and throw a big on Moy hook around the corner. He's landed flush, hmm. flush on the chin. Paul started body popping, doing some <laughs> crazy breakdancing and stuff. His legs had gone, obviously he jumped in, stand down count, didn't go down, like, right. uh, which shows a lot of heart, didn't like, because that was... There was a flush right hook on the on the on the jaw, and um, when I was when I was sparring with Jack, you know Jack buzzed me a little bit when he when he hit me with a shot, you know. So Jack can punch a little bit, and he caught Paul flush on the jaw. Obviously, stand eight count uh, in amateur boxing, you don't have to be put on the deck. It's a safety count, so um, it's one scoring blow. You know, it doesn't really affect the overall score, but it's a safety count, so the referee can have a look at you. Are you good to continue and carry on? Obviously, uh, originally when I jumped in and stand leg count, yeah, Paul's legs were going all over the place. Started the uh, started the count. He was pulling his arms up, um, but he, his eyes were all over the place, you know. Um, I'll take that on my, myself. Obviously, a fight always wants to continue, and they 
always think they can continue. But the referee's main job in there is, is safety of the boxers. You know, and I, I'll take that on, on myself. You know, I'd rather stop it one punch too early than, than one punch too late. So everyone can have a, a, a decent night. We're celebrating. It doesn't mean anything. It's not for ABA titles. It's not for world championships. And everyone can walk out and have a, have a good time. You know, So the fight, yes, yeah, so we stopped the bout. Yeah, jack, jack by stoppage in the first round. I, I've seen international boxers get, get dropped and stopped in the first round. Look at Ant- Anthony Joshua got stopped in his amateur fight in um, uh, in, in the World Championships. You, you think of all pro pro fights that they, yeah. they, you know, they get stopped. So it doesn't mean anything. It just means you get hit with a good shot by a decent puncher. You know, it can happen to anyone. Really glad you explained standing in camp uh, there uh, for our listeners because a few, you know, we've referenced that a few times and, and safety was a big part yeah. of of Saturday and um, the medical team that we yeah. had there uh, said something to you about how you, you manage safety. The medical team, they're going to do uh, like charity and white collar box all over the country and stuff. You know, a lot of these companies, they leave them in there and people get beat up, you know, and, and that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted people to enjoy the night. Being in a safe environment, obviously Stan Nate counts. They are, you know, they're using amateur boxing, but we probably went over the top a little a little bit with them, you know, because in, a, in an amateur gym, you could probably be in the in the gym for a year before you box on your first show. So you're a lot more, you're not more experienced. You've sparred loads and loads of rounds. Um, but they, they will still take a they take a shot and you'll get a standard eight count, yeah? So we, as soon as you, as soon as someone took a big shot or something in with a standard eight count, just so I can see if you're right to continue. If you're right to continue, you've got your hands up, you're looking at me, yeah, I'm good to continue, we'll, we'll box on, yeah? On the scoring system, this, this is where it comes down. A lot of people look at pro scoring or when you get dropped down there, it's a 10-8 round or if you've, if you've got a count, it's a 10 round. That's, that's not at all. A standard eight count is a safety count. So if you take a big shot, it's one scoring blow, yeah? And I think one thing that some people may or may not have realised from, from seeing that and from hearing the one scoring blow comment is that, yes, that it happened when there's one scoring blow, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other scoring blows happening in that round. You know, no, no, yeah, there exactly. Are other exactly. Clear shots. Uh, uh, right. Exactly. And big shout out to the medical team because they donated their wages to yeah. um, Combat Stress, which is a charity uh, close to Brookhaven UK's heart. Yeah. We've um, spoken a bit about it on on the first podcast. But, you know, they they've helped lots of uh, instructors. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they were donating their wages absolutely, really absolutely amazing. Good. That and that they they will they will. Keep coming back to all of our boxing shows. They're a quality, uh, quality team. So I had a good, good chat with the doctor. Such a nice guy, um, and he, he loved the boxing. To be honest, he actually it loved is. the show. Loved how we put it on. You know, and um, they will get invited back for, for every year that we do it. Uh, acute medical services. They are they're out of Southampton. Uh, so after that, um, we had the interval. This bout I really want to chat about. Um, there were some great bouts, but this one in terms of spectacle was. Blood and Thunder. This is yeah. uh, Adam Hughes versus Rich Green from Waterlooville. Adam from Thunder Physical Training. Uh, you've known him a long time. Yeah. Um, what happened in this one? Yeah, so very clash of styles. This one, Rich, who boxed um, boxed a year before, punches very hard, but he loads up onto everything as well. Yeah, um, Rich boxed last year. Beat Scott Hopton coming in. Adam, uh, so he's my girl, my, my best mate, so it's, it's his brother, so I've, I've grown up with him as well, you know. Um, but he's fit, he's strong, he's got fast hands. Yeah, around when went off and Rich come at him, loading up on every shot, hit him, 
with, with everything. Like Adam took some big shots from standing eight counts. Yeah. Um, he stayed in there. He tried to come back. Um, but Rich Rich took the first round quite, quite convincingly, to be honest, hitting with some, some big shots. But he put a lot into that round. Yeah. You know, it took a lot out. It took more out of Rich than it did out of Ad. Ad, Ad absorbed the blows. Um, and he come back in the in the second round. Um, Rich Rich was gassing. Yeah. He was absolutely gassed. Adam hit him with fast hands, phased the attack up. Rich tried to come back with stuff. Was it, like it was just a quality quality bout really, backwards and forwards. And it ended up with um, Adam Adam getting a stoppage, overwhelmed him, gave him a couple of standing eight counts, and um, you know Rich put everything into that bout. And um, yeah, there's no there's no more that he could give, and like both both fighters should should have their held head held high for that one. Yeah. This was the first one I think I probably got to watch because the one before um, I went for Wii and it was over because it was twenty six <laughs> seconds. Um, but um, Sospol, first one I probably got a look at, and I thought fair play to Adam to be able to ride out that yeah. tough first round. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, was rocking and reeling as well, you know. Yeah, like yeah. He took a couple of, maybe a couple of Sunday eight counts. Uh, he got hit with some big shots, you know. Strong chin, fit, um, uh, and 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 fair play to his conditioning, you know. Uh, yeah. And he, and he was all did he come back stronger? And he did some awkward stuff as well. He switched southpaw at one yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, and that's not easy to go to go mm. up against. Uh, obviously, Adam come in and, and he gave me a few rounds of sparring. You know? <laughs> so I, I, now I think if he hadn't done those those rounds of sparring with me, you know, he wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have put the victory. Oh, you know, well, like, you're yeah, taking yeah, full credit. I'm taking full you put beating on it. I'm taking full credit because I, you know I, t- I took him to places that he didn't want to go. You know, so he knew that he had the heart. So that when Rich put him under pressure and he had those down eight counts, he thought, oh, I know what this feels like. I've been here before, you know. I know I can get through it. In boxing, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. If it's easier, then, like, you know, you don't know... You, you need to go to those places to know what it feels like, to know that Aaron said, I've been here before, you know, I can get through it. You know, ride the storm out. Yeah. Be, you know, have confidence behind your technique so you can come again strong, you know. You know, it's a hard, it's a hard sport. Yeah. It's a hard sport. Yeah, we we spoke a little bit earlier about learning stuff about yourself, and uh, I think for uh, for me and for some of the guys I've spoken to, you know, it is that sense of you don't think you can go on, but you have to find a way. Yeah. You have to find something within yourself, and that's a life lesson. That's yeah. not just a sport lesson. That's like yeah. um, we've spoken before about Idris Elba's fight school, and they use a really nice analogy on there um, where boxing can sometimes be about who can hold their hand over the the roaring flame the longest yeah. um, because essentially you have to just stay in the hurt locker yeah uh, yeah I say like boxing it's a tough sport you know it, there's no hiding place in there you know like you know you, you're going to get in there so you know you are going to be breathing through your backside you know you, yeah. you, know, you, you you're gonna you're gonna your mind's gonna play tricks on you i can't go on any any further you know i, I can't do it i can't do it but you need to just bite bite down that gum shield and you can do it and the guys that have been in there sparring with more conditioned to be able to do it in the ring yeah. and that's why we do sparring you know you know so that you you, you know you know things it's trying to replicate the the bout and the fight night you know it's not it's not the complete it's, it is quite different but it's the closest we can get to fight night now, I actually think this next bout was slightly the the ex- exception to that principle because we had yeah. Deeney versus Mel. Yeah, yeah. And Deeney had had COVID the week before the fight. You know, she hadn't done as much sparring, but 
the heart that she showed yeah, yeah. Um, for someone who's not the fittest no. um, to go all three rounds yeah. um, I was really impressed with her attitude I was, I was massively impressed so obviously with Dini she has she has missed um, quite a bit especially a lot of the spar especially the spar camp I don't think she sparred at all in spar camp uh, and we had we because had, of COVID I, we must say yeah yeah and we had to um, had to sit down and have a conversation with Dini about you know boxing on the night no boxing you know, it's a tough sport, um, and but she she gave me the right answers. You know, she wanted to go and do it. So then we we I I then went and sparred with her the week the week before, just so that I know that she can safely do the rounds and safely negotiate the relationship with the defence and stuff. And you know, I was fairly impressed with what she what she did on on those on those sessions with me. So we made the the decision there that that was gonna you know let a box on the night. Yeah. You know, Mel, Mel was probably biggest favourite going into any of the bouts. You know yes. that I thought. You know, because of, Mel had listened. Yeah, because Mel would Mel would train hard throughout training camp. You know, she'd she'd hardly missed a session. She listens. Obviously, if you look on the flip side, with Dini had missed quite a bit. You know, she'd been struggling with with illness and stuff. But on the on the fight, you know, I just want to say, you know, Dini like surpassed every expert she hung in there she right. mixed it with Mel a lot of times you know the rounds were very very close you know and Mel set a pace and Dini, Dini and matched her with, yeah. she matched her with it you know and you know hats off to, to go to both of those you know it was another it was another a tight decision and you know they both they both come out of the ring uh, and the hat should go off of them you know because they both achieved something in that ring they yeah. they really did Mel was able to apply what she learned but there were times where you know she'd go and she'd be phasing it up, and and Dini would catch her with a counter punch. Yeah, yeah, Dini threw it like there's a few big white hands over the top that Dini yeah. would catch the shot and come back with it, snap snap Mel's head back. And the only thing on that is that there was more stuff coming from Mel. She was setting herself. The thing with Mel and how she did, she needed to settle down a little bit. She tried to rush her work. She spoiled her work a little bit. You know where where she could take more time setting the attack up, set it up, faint, 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 draw a lead. Then throw, bomb, land, move off, start again, set it up, set it up. But she was just trying to overwhelm her wave after wave after wave, you know. And she did. She was catching Dini, but she was then holding her feet, and Dini was coming back with something, you know. So yeah. it was, it was rock 'em sock 'em at times. Looking at my scoring on that one, yeah. So they were all three rounds were very close, you know. There was tight scoring on all three, and I think just Mel's work rate and, and clean shot probably probably edged it in all three. Once again, like close rounds, close rounds, and that's just it. You know, you still have a close fight where someone wins it, wins every round. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's one of the things yeah. about boxing scoring. Yeah, hat hat goes off to Dean. You know, getting there, especially that she was ill the the week before, um, but she wanted to get in there and do it, and it was so nice that our family come out and support her as well. You know, so that's a no- nice moment that Dean can take away for that. And I think that's that's something that that we've tried to do this year we tried to yeah we had some photography and some, yeah. some really nice shots come out today. yeah yeah and we, we, um, we were chatting uh, about the the photos and stuff and that after trying to have a big shout to, to, to Emma as well because yeah, she's Emma Ponting. yeah Emma Ponting from from uh, Ferrum she's a member at Ferrum obviously she started up her photography biz, uh, business um, she she come down she took some amazing shots so if anyone looking for a photographer you need to get hold of Emma Emma because she's quality yeah. and she's going to come down and do some more events for us as well yeah you know, so. and they've been lovingly edited and yeah. um, and quickly too like yeah. she's you know, she's grafted and she didn't have to and she's never done anything like that before like photos of of, of like boxing, a bo- boxing sport, now no. boxing now like so it was new to her you know but like you know she's done an absolutely amazing job 
Yeah, I enjoy you scroll through her her Facebook page, Emma Emma Kate Ponting Photography, and um, you know you got pictures of you know pregnant women yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, and weddings and dogs, and then there's people whacking seven shades of shit out of each other at our boxing event. But, um, but it's good. Done loads on uh, on the Dini Mel fight. That was that was a good one to fight. A was a super heavyweight bout yeah. between um, Tony Butterbean Allen. Um, from Fairham and Jay Ricketts from Waterlooville. This was a noisy bout. Yeah. Uh, both both sides, both Fairham and Waterlooville were very loud in this one. Yeah. And I thought this was a close one. Yeah, another, another what close What did you think? Another close one. Like, one again, one could have gone either way. I actually thought Jay had won, yeah. and I was surprised to see Tony Yeah, no, I, I, yeah I, would, I, wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have argued with that as well. First round, I thought Tony won it quite convincingly again. Yeah, long shots. Obviously, Jay come in quite... quite um, Last minute, hadn't really done much of training. For about three weeks, he he's done it. He was giving away a lot of weight, a lot of size of Tony. He come back, but we got. Um, I don't know. In the first round, he he was pushing out with the jab. You know, obviously, he had got a bit of a warning about doing that. Got hit with some shots. Maybe got um, a couple of sad late counts. But but he came only turned the tide, you know, and he probably finished the stronger. I don't know what it is with Tony, but he did that in his in his fight last year, where he come out, he won the first round quite convincingly. And then didn't really do a lot in this last two and got edged out of it by Dan Connolly. He didn't he didn't go into his shell as much as he did in the first fight, but the output wasn't as much, but he was still landed still landed cleanly. Um once again, the second round, very close, pick and round, could have gone either way, depending on what angle you sit around the ring, what what um yeah. what shots you see going, but it, it was a close one, no? I think it edged Tony in the second round. Third round, Jay come out and he and he put him under. He put Monday. He he was front of it, and he definitely won the last round. He won the round last round big, um, um. But as I say, once again, like, and, that, and that is that is how close the scoring can be. You know, um, it can it can swing either way. But then if you look at the fight on the on the on the, on the round on round by round scoring, first round very clearly Tony, last round very clearly Jay, second rounds a pick and round could have gone one blow either way. Tony goes all Tyson Fury sometimes, where he drops his guard completely and he yeah. holds his arms very awkwardly down at both sides. And yeah. don't I can't work out sometimes if it's if he's just trying to fake people out or if just stuff goes out the window. Uh, yeah, I think I think he was quite tired. I think I think um, you know obviously the bigger guys, you know, they got they got to get the auction around the body. They got a lot more body to auctionate. Um, and Jay was setting a, a, a pace. He was put. He was he's putting under. He's fit. He's game. He was setting a pace. You know, um, so Tony would have come out uh, and he would have been in a, and he knows he's been in a fight, you know, like, um, yeah. and he's had to dig deep and Jay's pushed him all the way, you know, and, and, you know, probably you have that, you score that fight 10 times, you probably go five each way. Tony completes the uh, the three that I thought um, had redemption stories, uh, you know, me, Liam and Tony all lost the first year and, yeah. then, and then this year we managed to get the W and... And we all had a beer and a chat afterwards, and it, and it and it was nice to feel like although you know mine and Tony's could have gone either way, it was nice to kind of maybe right right some wrongs from the first yeah, year yeah. where we you know lost it on our own silly mistakes. Um, I can I can fully resonate with with, with stuff. Like that. Even though I, I I say to everyone that you know wins 
wins don't mean wins don't mean nothing. You know, like records of the DJs. There was a year where the five guys that beat me through that year, I boxed them again and I beat all of them. So and it made it does mean a lot more for it. So my hat goes off for the guys that come back because you can quite easily say, "Well, I got beat last time. I got not. I got stopped. Or I got this and that." No, that's me done. But they've come back. They show a lot of heart, a lot of character to jump back in there and put themselves out. You know, uh, and and they've come back for the win. Obviously, the one thing. Obviously, Paul put himself back in there, didn't get the win this time, but like, hopefully, I, and I really want to see him come again next time. I hope so too. I don't know if we will. No. Uh, yeah, he has been known to say the words on the run-up to the fight. I only have six minutes left of being punched in the face of my entire life yeah, left. Yeah. Um, but um, he's been so game, and I think what everyone really wants to see is him versus Dave Goulson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly, so, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exhibition belt, yeah. I reckon... That belt there should no rounds. It's just until someone quits. <laughs> <laughs> Are we in the WWE yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to see either that or Dave Goulson versus Ryan Vandalute next oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be, both that'd of be, those would be a, would be that'd be a good uh, one. Good rivalry bouts. Yeah. But fair play to Jay. I chatted to him after, and uh, and he said, you know what, he he'd really want to do it again. Yeah. And that's the fight I'd quite like to have because again, he tries to box and. Yeah. And the people who tried to box, who tried to listen, that was quite enjoyable to, to go up against in inspiring and it would be fun to, to Yeah, I, he, he tries to box. He's fit. He's gave me had a bit of a go. You know, like, he, the better mind, he'd only done three weeks of training camp. You know, like, you can't, like, you can give all the information, but it takes time to, to, to set in and actually learn it. So then it becomes a more of a reflex than actually thinking about it. But he, but he got in there, he got, he got three weeks against an absolute mountain of a bloke, you know, and he, he should be really proud of what he'd done. And if he wants to go again, you know, next time, if he's there at the start of training camp, you know, he'll, he'll obviously be matched with someone probably more sort of his size. So I think I think he'll do really well. No, me too. Last one was Laura Grimwood versus Rana Craig from Portsmouth, Laura Grimwood from Fairham. Uh, Laura ended up getting best boxer on the night. Mostly because Mike Hawkins threatened <laughs> to burn the school down. And yeah. She didn't get it. Box beautifully. Rana was game. That was my look from the outside. What was it like? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Rana missed quite a bit of sparring. She missed bits. She came to to the last one, done the club sparring. Actually, sparred quite well, you know. So um, I was looking forward to this one. Like, Rana is, is quite fit and, and like game individual. So she got in there. She hit the centre ring, and and she. You know, she maintained distance, hit Laura, and Laura was trying to settle that. Like we've worked a little bit on Laura trying to settle down, trying to box a little bit. Laura can draw you into a bit of a tear up, and she can take a few to give a few. You know, but yeah. you know, you've got a very short boxing career if you're going to do that. So let's 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 try and box. You know, yeah. um, and she did try. And, she was offensive with a shot, and uh, it was uh, it was fifty fifty in first round to be honest. Um, towards probably the end of the the, the first round, Laura's probably tried took a little bit of control, sort of edged it out a little bit, but once again. Very close that first round, very close. Then what happened? Yeah, so Laura then tried to force the action a little bit more, not sort of fencing for the shot, sort of like backing runner up, making her work when she doesn't want to work, when she's getting the breather and landing some big shots. And there was a bit of a back and forth. There were two standing eight counts two, in round two. Yeah, two standing eight counts. So um, Laura hit some big shots, got a standing eight count. Obviously we had a look, yeah, runner, hands up, good to go, giving me all the right um, body language. Yeah, went back in. Mixed up again, she gets you know, she, she gave it a little go. But Laura, one of the things is, you know, she would take a few to give a few, so she walked through and started landing some big shots. You now we've got an, another stand eight count. Rana gave a lot, she would, you know, she would put a lot into those rounds, 
and she was she was quite gassed. Um, the ten second clacker happened. Ooh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Shh, we're recording. Gone. So the ten second clacker happened. Then I, you know, I was looking to probably stop it. You know, the runner. You know, she didn't really have a lot left. But she had 10 seconds, I thought, I'll give her, give her that time in between rounds, she can recover, she can go, um, uh, and then obviously the, the, t- the towel coming from the corner, um, and then yeah. we stopped the fight. If that clacker hadn't gone, I would have probably stopped it myself, yeah. um, and the corner took the, the right right thing to do to, to throw the towel. And it's proof how well Wells, Matt Wells knows you, who was in Rana's corner, he said that, he, uh, we had a chat afterwards, and he said, yeah, I knew, I knew Pete was going to stop that fight. Yeah. So I was comfortable throwing the town in yeah, because yeah. I knew he was thinking what I was thinking. Yeah, so you know, like as I said, you know, you shouldn't you should you shouldn't really stop it on the ten second clap, but it was it was a fifty fifty whether I was gonna stop it or not, you know. Um and then I wanted to give her that, that, that minute to recover and then and see how she goes in the in the, in the third yeah. round. But they they done the they done the right thing by by throwing the towel in. It was a dramatic end to the show with, with the tower coming in from 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 a punter's point of view. Yeah, it was, it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm good. Right. So I've had a little wee break. Um, yeah. Probably won't put that in the pod. Um, <laughs> but um, after all those fights finished. We had a little break. People went outside because it was uh, stinking hot. Yeah. Um, we got summoned back in. Uh, the lights went down. Uh, the first notes of Thunderstruck played. <laughs> Mike Tyson chatted over the top. Pete Lyons came out um, for an exhibition fight, followed by the rousing tones of Michael Bolton um, <laughs> for Matt Wells. And we had our exhibition showpiece, our main event of the evening, which... <laughs> Dan Turner, he, he loved saying that. Yeah. He went all full pro wrestling <laughs> in that moment. Big shout out to Dan Turner, by the way. He was a yeah. quality. Do you know what? Dan, Dan Turner, he's made for that role. Like, like <laughs> yeah. he, he is. He's Bootcamp UK's own Michael Buffer. He's quite. Yeah. He sets the tone from all all fights and that. And we're 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 lucky to have to have him. He he comes and down and does all these events for us, you know. And um, yeah, he, he absolutely loved it. You know, like real set the atmosphere. Uh, big shout out to Dan Turner. Yeah, he was great. Last time he had torn his Achilles, or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and so he was in a boot. I was really struggling to move around. This time he was full. He was looking super lean, yeah, yeah. really sharp in his suit, and belting yeah. out some of those intros. Yeah, he's looking dapper. And hopefully, like you know, hopefully some of these guys will will get on do it next year because that'd be quality. You know, like seeing him um, announce some of his own guys into the yeah, ring, yeah. which would be a, which would be really good. And he'll do that in a really heartfelt way. Yeah. It's a shame because originally, when when we were starting, you know, there were two people in Kerry Hunt and Dan Tregarthen who were looking at yeah. doing it, um, and it obviously, didn't work out. Yeah, obviously Dan, Dan uh, got posted. posted with the Navy, you know, and that's 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 one of the things. But you know, he would have definitely gone and come and done it. Hopefully, we can get down some of their guys down, and hopefully, a lot of their guys will come and support them. You know. Because it is a quality night, you know. Like you know, yeah. looking back on it, it's a quality night, um, and hopefully, we, you know, we get more more locations. So, so big shout out goes to um, Gosport, Eastleigh, Southampton, Winchester. Get get your fighters down, train camp. Get, get them down. in there. Get them in there. And uh, John Deacon, the invite is there for City Board yeah. to come back and and, and, yeah. and bring the noise and yeah. uh, come and have the fight that never happened. Yeah, John, um, John, come back down. Bring in, bring an army of your fans. Get in there, and, and we'll make we'll it one. Down, tell to knock you out. Yeah, we'll we'll make it one big boot camp UK celebration. Yeah, and uh, yeah, before before we go into, I just want to say that as well. A, a massive thank you for the guys that come down. You know, 
So we had Wales that come down from Devon. He come down to coach one of the teams, coach the whole team, uh, like every every bout, and then he got in and he boxed an ex- exhibition with me as well. Obviously, Matt Matt uh, Matt Wales has been on the army team with us for ages, been on the reading team for ages. No ins and outs. Boxed four four times with him, um, and you know he didn't have to do that, and he he come down to because he's quite passionate about boxing. You, can you know tell. he he was he was supporting my show. Yeah. Um, uh, and a big thank you goes out to him as well. Cheers to Matt Wells. Obviously, then we had some other people. So we got Mikey Orchard, who was, uh, you know, me and Mike have known each other through basic training. So, yeah, so we, we've done that. Then we went off separate ways in the army crew. I went over Germany and stuff, but we managed to stay in touch. And he his first posting was down in Forney Island. So whenever, whenever I was back in Port Surf, you know, we'd sort of go out and stuff and sort of kept in touch. He got out of the army a, a long time before me. And then when I was speaking to him I said look now I've got a box show do you want to come down coach one of the teams he coached me through a lot of my, a lot of my bouts yeah I say coach me he was like get in there and it's in dead hard a lot of times I'd look round and Mikey Orchard was at the bar so he come down he come down with Calv as well I've met um, uh, Calvin a few times his mate from up in Manchester and um, they, they they came over to watch him in boxing Rochdale one time so Calvin seen me box before um, and they come down around, around the corner really like amazing stuff got really good feedback from the guys of how they manage the team yeah. in, in the corner as well so big thank you out to those two big shout out to those guys yeah. and one of the things that yeah, I've seen in some of the Facebook chat and comments afterwards is yeah, they were creating a real buzz about it. You could tell they enjoyed it. You know, yeah. and there was a few comments. I saw something from Wells saying, "Yeah, you know, he would he'd come down and and support the show again." And, yeah. Uh, so and he's already said out. it. I think he's already got his tickets for Bootfest. So like, uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. So um, so he, he so he wants to be be part of it. So you'd be seeing more of the community. Like we're getting back next year to run one one of the um, other corners and be 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 part of it as well. So. Uh, yeah, just thanks for that. And like, you know, it, we'll get him on the pod as well. When yeah. he comes down from Bootfest, every um, we'll we'll get an hour or two with him, a couple of beers. I can't speak for Wells, but I know he was clearly advising people well because of how they performed. Yeah. But in the red corner, we had uh, yeah quality support from yeah. Mikey, even if he was saying, you know, double up the attack and hit him again, which is completely different yeah. from what I. Yeah. Been but you, but you have you have you have different different coaches, different styles, styles, different styles of coaching, and, and that's how Orchard does. So Orchard Orchard's boxing career, like he, um, you know, he probably you know he'd be the first to admit that he probably wasn't the best boxer. He had six fights, he won six, and he knocked five of them out. <laughs> but a lot of the lot a lot of those like you know he's very heavy handed, yeah. and um, the um, a lot of those fights that he won, he was probably losing. Yeah, um, but he always talks about the one that got away. <laughs> he said he hit him from pillar to post. He was yeah. bouncing off the he was bouncing off the ropes and stuff. He said this guy's a piece of iron. But let's get back to the main event. So you, yeah, you've both come out to your walk-ins. Really great reception to both boxes. Yeah, which yeah. I was really really pleased to see that people you know sung along to yeah. How can we be lovers if you can't be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. be friends? Um, and gave Wells a good reception, which I don't know if he, he probably wasn't expecting. No, but I, I, I really appreciate it for that, guys, because he, you know, he gave up a lot of his time to come down here, and I, it means so much to me that everyone gave him a really warm, warm reception. And it was really good, you know. And it, everyone was singing along to it, everyone had a hand, and yeah, everyone was cheering along, and it was good, you know. Yeah. I couldn't decide if they were doing that as appreciation for all the effort. Or because they wanted to see you get banged out. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It could be a mix of both of them. <laughs> I think it probably was. But you got in, you got started, and straight away you could see 
that compared to what had gone before, mm. there was something extra about this. There, there was that, yeah, it's not an extra yard of pace in, in, in boxing, but it was that bit quicker. Yeah. Your left hooks were flying in. Wells was using tactics we hadn't seen. Yeah, Shots yeah. were coming all sorts. Lots of holding was going on. Yeah. Um, what do you remember? Yeah, so it was a bit of a blur, you know, like, um, so obviously we boxed many times before, like, um, you know, Wells, you know, I know what to expect from him. Normally when I, when I boxed a beating before, I'd be like there on my feet, keeping it long, not letting him get close, boxing, moving, moving off the angles, not letting him get close. Um, my feet don't work as well as what they <laughs> used to do, you know, so I was holding my feet a little bit too much. Plays down into to his... You know, he shortens his shot ups. He yeah. throws a nice little rear up cut through the middle. He, he shot, I don't know if you notice what he does. He moves his head on the inside and he hooks off He hooks off that head movement. So it was good. Um, and we just pretty much had a fight in the phone box. You know, like, yeah, you, did, yeah. um, you know, it was catch, catching and countering. You go, I go, you know. Uh, and we both landed some big shots, to be honest. Yeah. Both landed some big shots. Uh, I think he caught me with a right uppercut through the middle split on my lip open I caught him some big hooks around the side yeah and I just remember just getting there and just enjoy it really and there was no way Mike Orchard was going to give either of you a standing eight count nah, nah. he didn't care about safety in that nah, one nah. He, he, was, he just wanted to watch you two yeah but, but saying that saying that um, out of our no I don't think we've had a standing eight count in all of our really? four, four battles and they've, they've been some but that shows you know with the level when the guys that have only been boxing a few weeks you know yeah. you take a shot you know you need to have that safety element when you know Matty's had over 90 belts you know I've had I've had 40 belts myself you know so that's a lot of you know it's a lot of experience a lot of boxing though so um you know both both won the army championships both boxing international tournaments you know so yeah so you you can like in that like you take a shot they they know what it feels like you know so they you you'll let it go on a little bit a little bit longer you know but Mikey, he did say to me before, before he goes, he goes, right lads, prison rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna prop myself up on this rope here, and I'm gonna let yeah. you two go at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've heard a bit about the boxing. As far as we're concerned, that's done, and we're on to the next one. You know, we we celebrate it, but we move on. Uh, things come thick and fast around here. They do, yeah. And this Sunday. We have Blanchard Trophy uh, event number five. Five, yeah, event number five, and yeah, number five at Fairroom, ten thirty start, and it's a strong person event. Yeah, why are we doing a strong person event? So, the Blanchard Trophy is a multi multi uh, event interpark series where where people can come down and just try different events. Yeah. And the idea about this this event series is, is is do completely different events that people can have a go at. Uh, so some people will be stronger at certain events than others. Um, but we're going to get a broad spectrum of everything, you know. So we've done some of the endurance ones. We've some, done some of the running heavy ones. Now we're going to lift heavy, you know. Um, and the idea about doing this is I wanted to make them classic strongman events. So at first we're going to get the Atlas Stones out. But the Atlas Stones that we've got... The lightest one was 45 kilos, you know, they got to 120 kilos, I thought, you know, um, can't really do that. But we're going we're gonna to have some more sort of classic events, so. Yeah, I think that's just it. It's about, you know, we want to do something that feels like a strong person, but also that has levels that are achievable for everybody. Achieve, and that is the main thing here. So it's not just certain people can do it. I want everyone to have a go at yeah, it. So, really, really key and that, and that, and that is this, that's, that is the key for me. You know, I know people up there at the top that will they'll do it, they're battling for points, but but just equally that makes 
makes it more rewarding for me is seeing seeing other people just come and have a go at it. Yeah. and realising that they are capable of doing it. And we saw that through the Giraffalon. We've seen it through this whole event series, actually, of people that are just come and have a go and they, they realise that, no, I can do this sort of stuff. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about a few of those people, uh, a few yeah. of those stories that we're excited to see continue yeah. uh, a little bit later on. Um, but next thing I really want to talk about is um, there have been some changes to the format. Uh, you know, normally we go in waves, but not this time. Why is that happening? Uh, the... The, the main thing is I want everyone to be down there to support everyone not just turn up for your wave and then go so yeah. I want everyone that, so I want participation I want to generate a crowd like when we had the Blanchard final last year where everyone turned up yeah. there was multi, there was loads of different events but everyone turned up and supported everyone and it was such a good atmosphere do you remember the buzz off the, the Blanchard so trophy good, yeah. Yeah, it was good where everyone was supporting each other so let's, let's try and create because it's very similar in format to that so yeah. let's try and create that where not people are not just turn up for their own wave and then just going back, right? So we've now said that turn up registration will be at half ten. You'll go, you'll get given an event number for the whole thing. There'll be um, the events will be running uh, simultaneously with each other, so we have a different instructor running different events, and you can then just go to each event and go and get a score for that event. Yeah, yeah, which will, will be better, you know. And so that's the change to the overall format. Um, but we've had to make some health and safety tweaks as well. Yeah, One yeah. of the uh, advertised events was a, uh, a keg toss. Um, we're now replacing that with a medicine ball toss. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about that. So safety is important. Yeah. So we, um, like I wanted to make it look and feel um, like a strong man. So we put um, like, like I don't know if you if everyone watches strong man, but they had uh, they've got a, a keg toss. Their keg toss is for height, where the kegs get uh, heavier and heavier each time. Obviously, we we had a look at the keg toss. We got loads of kegs, and it would it would look and feel like a strongman event. Um, so originally, we were going to change it not for height, but for sort of distance. Um, then after trialing it and seeing some people throwing, um, <laughs> Charlie Wilkes, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking yeah, at you. Yeah, we've um, we decided that you know like safety elements the most important thing. You know, so we've now moved it. So the event's going to be exactly the same as what we was going to have for the for the keg. So there'll be med- medicine balls that will go up in weight, but you won't be thrown. In. So if you do get it wrong, like the the, the med balls are a little bit more squashy, a little bit more giving it as well. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're not going to have a trip to any. You're not. You might just hurt yourself a little. Bit. Less likely to have yeah, a trip yeah, to any. Yeah. Let's not put any disclaimers on yeah, there. That we're yeah. going to get caught out on. Yeah. Um. Ultimately, this yet again a free event. Yeah. Um. And so we, it's really important to keep it safe. But we have a limited amount of people that we can put on to keep it safe. Yeah, so that, that, that's that's the main thing. Oh, you know, ultimately, you know, we can put more, you know, more and more stuff. But once again, it's a free event for all our members, just to have uh, add value to people's memberships. You know, it's our yeah. community. Big thing for me is community is the heart of everything we do. You know, we do we do training, but 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 getting out and doing these events and seeing people. Um, achieving these events is, is is the main thing you know and doing different stuff not doing the same thing we you know if you have a look back at our track record over the last four years yeah we've never you know we've added yearly events at annual but we've looked to, to, to do different stuff you know yeah. whether it be a live music festival whether it be boxing whether it be a multi-event series whether it be awards night you know we you know we don't sit still we try and add different stuff and that's what we're going to do with the Blanchard Trophy and I think over the next few years the Blanchard Trophy, we're going to do some really big events and we've got some planned for next year already, you know. Yeah. Um, but the main thing, strongman event, make it safe, 
because it is a free event, make it straight, safe, and try and get as many people down to possible to, to do their bit for their team. So talk about why people should come down. So the, the so the main the main thing is to try something that you haven't done before, you know. Yeah. And um, like it's not every day that you're gonna um, you're gonna do a strongman event, but also you're then part of a, a team and you'll get supported all the way, you know, by by everyone, not just not just members of your team, but everyone, no. Yeah. But the majority of your team, if you're from Fairham, they'll get behind you. If you're from Waterloo, Waterloo will get behind you. Portsmouth, Chichester, Gosport, everyone will get yeah. by you, and you'll be part of the team. So even even if you're not at the top of the leaderboard and you're down the bottom. It doesn't matter because you're still going to do your bit for the team and you're still going to score those points, you know? Yeah. For in one of the events, I think Fairham beat Gosport by one point. One of the members from Fairham who finished in the last position, yeah. she scored her one point and she was a difference between Fairham finishing third or second. So everyone plays their part, you know? Yeah. And that's the team ethos that we, we try to create. Yeah. And, and we see that demonstrated by... Uh, a few members that we really, really want to highlight who have consistently come and done things that were outside the comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, they turn up and they turn up to nearly all the events, if not every event, yeah. um, and um, and do something that they never would have done before. Yeah, they might be a little bit out of their remit, but they feel that because they're around such a positive community and positive environment, they that they can, they can go and give it a go up. Um, so... Um, Throw some names at me. Who comes to mind when we think so, about people? Re- who are uh, instantly, I think of Lisa Mason. Yeah, yeah. Now Lisa, Lisa Mason is obviously from Portsmouth. She, you know, she, when she when she first comes, she couldn't do a lot of stuff, you know. But she she, she comes to majority of sessions. She doesn't miss anything, you know. So she she come and done the bootcamp UK Games last year. Yeah, uh, which is once again outside a remit. And I said it's fine. Just come down, do what you can. Come yeah. down, do turkey trot. Now she's done every single Blantyre trophy, you know. Um, and we've done we've done some some different um event uh, varied events that are hitting all components of fitness right? and she just turns turns up and gets it done and that is that's what means more to me than seeing someone go and actually smash it and win it yeah and almost like it was planned Lisa Mason is actually coming on the pod in a few weeks um we're going to highlight each of the bootcamp locations um and when we do Portsmouth Lisa's going to come and tell her story yeah. and I've heard a bit of a preview of what she wants to say and she's got quite a story and I really want you to yeah yeah tune in for that one yeah she, she's absolutely top quality um member like um yeah, so, we're lucky to have her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we 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 we're very we're very lucky to have her. You know, she she comes down, she does it all the stuff, and she does it with a smile on her face, which is which is which is amazing as well. Yeah. The other name that comes to my mind um, when we think about uh, members who are pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone is another Portsmouth person, and that's Jackie. Oh yeah, gosh, Jackie is amazing. Like, do you know what? Like, I use her a lot. I use her as a, a an inspiration for a lot of people. And you know, like, uh, Jackie. Yeah, How old is she? She's. I think she's. Well, she shouldn't really. Never ask her her age. Never, but I think she's. She's seventy four, maybe. She's she's past retirement age, and she's yeah. our oldest member. Yeah, she? yeah. So she um she comes down. She comes down to fundamental physical training. Does some 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 tough stuff there but also the Blanchard Trophy last year 10 events and there were 10 tough events um, but she done every single one of them last year and you know, she just turned up and give it a go and that's exactly the same as what she's done this year you know you know, we've done some some events that are tough for people that are like super fit you know let alone Jackie she just turns up and she gets it done right and, uh, and once again it's the, the mindset you know yeah. does it with a smile on her face and, and she's just happy to be there and happy to achieve it yeah, and and it's inspiring, and and, and it kind of and, and it makes people look at themselves and think, you know what? Yeah. 
this person has has found it in them to uh, to to push on. Why am I um, not doing this? I can do that. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the uh, we want our community yeah. to be inspiring. Don't I've we? got a big shout out to from Firm as well, Amelia and Martin Lewis as well. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're another two bigs as well. Like they um they 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 come down and get it done. I think there was a way for one of the Blanchard Trophy, but they especially on the um the Battle of Beast UK. You know, I yeah. could see it was, it was the weather conditions were horrendous. Yeah, you know, it was a tough event. You know, you you're talking a, a mile weighted run to start off with, and yeah. after you've done loads of different military um events you're going to do a mile tactical withdrawal as well um and she she you know mindset she's got it got it done she actually just you know just you know just got on with it the rain was coming down the wind was coming down and then um, she went and got it done as well so big shout out to the same with martin as well i think martin slightly beat as well i think they're, they're, those two are a couple and i think yeah. uh, martin was slightly in the lead on that one but um yeah they're competing for but, the yeah so i think this is an event that martin will do well in um, yeah because he's built for it yeah um i've seen him throw some weight around in um you know at, at fair room and i think this yeah. is one he could surprise himself yeah on. definitely so pete talk us through uh, what the four different events are as part of this Blanchard Trophy uh, event number five. So we're going to have four different different exercises. They're going to be short and sharp. The first one is a 400 metre farmer's walk. So there's only going to be one ability level on this. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got the 25 litre Jerry cans. So we have two of them. So have 50, Yeah, so it's a 50, um, 50 kilo farmer's walk for time. Yeah. Uh, 400 metres. Yeah. You're going to film all the way up this time yeah so they're going to be filled up to the brim 400 meter farmer's walk which is we're starting at the bottom end of the foot pitch it's going to be all the way to the top all the way back all the way to the top again all the way back obviously once you come to the finish line shut the number and you'll get an individual time for each individual yeah. event yeah on this one grip strength mainly yeah grip yeah. strength shoulders yeah, obviously move with purpose the, t- the this one will be won or lost is when you put the containers down yeah, so obviously you can put it down as many times as you want, um, but you're gonna you're gonna lose a lot a lot of time as well. Yeah. yeah? So that that is that will be where it be won and lost, and the people that will win it won't have had to put it down at all. I've seen some scary performers, uh, yeah, in some of the practice ones, like running with these Jared games. Yeah. Is that gonna be possible when they're full? Yeah, the yeah, it, it should it should be it should be. You'll be able to move with purpose. I think it's gonna be a competitive one. Obviously, there were some guys that when, I think the army test that we did was four hundred meters as well. Yeah. Um. There were some guys that that did it without putting that down as well. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um. I don't think any girls made it. Um. No, but they're allowed to put it. Down yeah, this they're time. allowed to put it down this time. Yeah. So, um. But that would be where it'd be won and lost. You know, if yeah. you can do it without putting it down. You know. Um. So that that that's event one farmers walk. There's only one one ability level. If there's a time cap on it as well, so we've got five minute time cap. If you don't make it within the time cap, then your score will just be the distance that you've carried them. Cool. What's next? So after that one, then we'll we've got a tire flip. So we have three different sizes of tires. I don't know if anyone's seen, them, but we've got the the biggin, and then we've got the truck tire, and then we've got a lorry tire. So you have three different uh, levels. All you'll do is you have a twenty meter run yeah. out to the tire you'll flip the tire 10 times and then you'll finish with a 20 meter run to go with the, the, the finish point so we've got a start and finish point very short and sharp you know when we got the tire out in Waterlooville the other day yeah the guys were, were flipping it around I think um, when we uh, there's a few that did a few practice runs I think Jim Jenkins done it 36 seconds so yeah it's going to be short and sharp every second's going to count on that one you know? so if you if you miss grip 
grip the tire when you're trying to flip it. You know, you know that's going to be the make or loss of that one. Thirty six um, seconds is scary. So um, on that one as well, um, like so, the girls had a little play on the tire, and, and the, the majority of them can do it. Um, they struggled. Whether they can do ten flips is another kettle of fish. But you know, the, the majority of them done it. So what you want to do is when you do the levels, you want to pick if you can do one flip, you want to go to the high level. Yeah, because you'll get if you hit the time cap, you'll get um, how many flips you've done. Yeah, yeah, and that will score you above those on the level yeah. below. Yeah, the score the level below. So you want to go if you can do one flip, you want to go up higher. You know, the only the, you won't get a score unless you do one flip. So with, and the, the equipment will be out there so you can test and adjust on 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 the day and that before you make your mind up. That's the tire flip. Um, what's exercise number three? So we've got number three, which is which was going to be the keg throw, which is now a medicine ball throw. So we've got medicine balls that are different weights, and your time will start. You'll run up to the first one, which is the lightest one. You'll throw yeah. it a distance, set distance, and the distance is going to change between between what level you want to go for. Yeah. Um, so you flip, you throw the first one, then we jump up to the nine kilo med ball, throw that one, ten kilo, and then finish with a twelve kilo. Yeah. So, and uh, I think we've got two two twelves at the end actually, okay. two twelve kilos at the end, um, and then and then your time will finish as soon as that one goes over the line. Um, that's raw power. That one. Yeah. You got to put everything into that to those throws. Yeah. It's raw power using the legs, not just throwing with the arms. No. Um, obviously, if you the time will be one of losses if you miss a throw and have to retake it. Yeah. So the the top guys will do it in one. We'll do it all in one. Yeah. Yes. In theory. In theory, yeah, yeah. Cool. So that one, that one's simple, but it's going to be um, yeah, all about explosive power. Yeah. And then number four. Number four is going to be. So we were going to have a van pool. Obviously, with the, the with the amount of people that we've got come down now, we 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 couldn't. You do it as a as a vampire and, and no. obviously get your different levels. So Especially with your tire, you'd have to repump it after <laughs> everyone's had a go. Yeah. That would take us to about midnight Tuesday. Yeah. Um, uh, so what we're we doing instead? So we get we're, we're doing a a tire pool. So they're going to be different levels with the big tires on it. We're going to put the other little tires on it to create a little bit more friction. So that would depend on your your level. And it's going to be a hundred meter tire pool for time, which is um. That one there is all about just keep going. If once yeah. you get that tire going, keep those legs pumping and move it as far as you can because it will be one and lost when you have to stop and you have to try and get it going again. Yeah, so I remember we did a version of this uh, last year at the Blanchard Trophy. Yeah. And, um, and the guys who struggled to complete it were the ones who you know stopped, tried to reset themselves, but struggled to get going again. You yeah. just had to power on through yeah. uh, and pretend like uh, your life depended on it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's what it is. Little short, little power steps. Get that tire moving and then just keep it moving. Just keep it moving for as long as you can. For as long as you can. Now, if you keep stopping, starting, that is, that's where the time's going to be lost, yeah? Yeah. 100, 100 metres is, is going to be a bit of a, a, bit of a leveller. Yeah. Um, so those are the four events. Uh, so the four exercises. We've spoken a little bit about some of the people who are coming out of their comfort zone, but I want you now to tell us a bit about um, some of the people you think might be ones to watch for, for this event. Yeah, so with the, the Blanchard Trophy at the moment, we've obviously we've got a lot of all-rounders that are at the top, but a yeah. lot of them that are you know quite heart and lungs and aerobic, heavy and heart. So, you know, likes of Steve Hall and Billy, Billy Price and Daniel Perkis, that, that are all up there, you know, very running heavy. Now we've got the powerhouses that are going to be sort of that we would like to see up, up the top there, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, 
for me, I think Mark Vincent will do superb in this event. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. him doing the the really tight, really tight event at the Blanton Trophy. Yeah. He was just absolutely steamrolling that that tire. Yeah. He was just like a freight train moving it. I think Dan Lennon will do well. Yeah. Um, but a big one I'm looking forward to seeing is Alex Airy. Yeah. Alex Airy is, is is looking strong when we've done the training sessions. He's joined us what in the last year or so. Yeah, yeah. You. But he's just starting to get involved in something. Come down the the OCR and that with us. But I think this yeah. is his. First Blantyre Trophy event. Yeah. Yes, no, it is. I remember we were shocked at that. Mm. But, you know, people's lives get in the way and we, we know yeah. that. But, yeah, this this could be his event. So, first first Blantyre Trophy, come in, get get a, get a top five, get double points and think, oh, this is easy. <laughs> Above all sorts of people. Yeah, yeah. Now, Waterlooville, is, is yeah. there anyone from other locations who um, might rival them? Yeah, I think from the other, uh, you probably look at yourself... I'd probably look at maybe Gary Brighton, maybe. Yeah, Gary Gary Brighton. Yeah, he was he was squatting me uh, yeah. yesterday, and I'm like 95 kilos. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he, yeah, Gary is strong. Uh, maybe John Hicks. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, John Hicks is strong. John Hicks, I see, is more of an all rounder. Whereas yeah. Gary's got some raw power. Yeah, I think he's probably fair as best bet. I don't know from Portsmouth. From Portsmouth, with some of the guys that um, you know got Matt Matt Thomason. Andy Thomas, so they come down and do it. You know, they're they're big, strong lads. You know, is Roman Joseph turning up? Possibly, possibly he might do, but he's he's a big lad. He could do well as well. And then obviously at Chichester, I don't think he's more of an all rounder. Um, but Dan Julian, who won won the yeah. one, he's a, he's a strong guy. You know, I think he's more of a. He's not he's absolute wheelhouse this one, but he's more of an all rounder. But I think he would still score quite high. Dan Turner too, is he going to be there? Dan, Dan Turner, he's done every event, so you expect to see him again. Once again, a bit of an, an all-rounder as well, you know. And Gosport, do you know any... More sort of all-rounders, you know, like Mitch Hamilton, who's who's crept yeah. up the leaderboard nicely now, right? And he's, he has, um, yeah, yeah. You know, he's he, in the mix. I think he's top five now. He is top you know, five. So he's, he's, um, he's had a couple of good results to see how he goes with this one. He's a strong lad as well. Um that's the guys, the girls. Obviously, Dan Danielle Parkhouse is leading the leaderboard by. You know, she's got a bit of a comfortable lead at the moment. Yeah. But she, I think she'll be the first to admit that this is not her event. No. Um, but saying that on that on the flip side, of that you know, she's very determined. Yeah. And um, when we had the big tire out the other day at Waterlooville, she she was doing it no problem. Yeah. Um, so, I think she'll give everything, but she'll be the first to admit that it's not her event. I remember. The Blanchard Trophy last year when we did the really tired event with Paul and he killed her. I yeah I think bias with this suit some of the fair and women Kirsty Watts and uh, Jenna Harland are both uh, strong. Yeah, they're more rounders though. Like I know I, I know. Yeah, but I think all the girls are either runners or all rounders. Yeah, I think Lisa Red, Lisa Red is an absolute powerhouse. You know, you know she um, I think she will do well. And I like probably Grimwood see her in, too. See like Lord Grim was very strong. Very strong. Um, yeah, the, all the firm women have been doing really well lately and scoring quite high. You know, yeah. um, obviously from Pompey, like, do you know what? We might have some surprise results from Pompey, you know, like, um, uh, like uh, when, we, when we put the, the tile. Oh, big shout out, actually. Faye from, from Chittister will do well on yeah. this one. She's a bit of a power. She came down the dragon boat with us the other day. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think she'll surprise herself on this one so I think she'll do well um, and then from Pompey when we did it the other day Lisa, Mason, Charlene yeah. and a big shout out to Debbie McKenzie doing <laughs> the first play like, she's been she's been a member of, of with me for, for a long long time you know she was at Waterlooville 
from nearly the start, then she transferred over, she's now at Portsmouth. Um, she's never done any sort of Blantod trophy, never done any sandbag challenge and stuff, yeah. um, but she's doing her first event. Great. Um, and I think she'll do well. Do yeah, well. I think she'll do well. And, and so will Maka himself, I think. Yeah, Ma- um, yeah and Maka as well. he done well in the, in the, in the Blantod last year, and I think he done really well on the, on the, on the tyre one as well. So yeah. that's another one from, from Pompey that I think will, will do well. Yeah, it, it's going to be a competitive one all round. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, half 10 start, 17th of July uh, at Titchfield Rec. Yeah. And it's going to be a big one. Yeah, it'll be a big one. Look out for, for the results and stuff. Um, so the, the, the points going, you'll get a, a score for each event, which then will put you into a position for each event. Um, and then it will be the, the score with the lowest points. So if you finish top in every every event, You'll get four points, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's how that's how we'll score it. Yeah. And hopefully, what we'll be able to do is um, get some of the scores out uh, on Facebook, but also on the pod too next yeah. week. Um, and we'll release an extra pod with a, a full history of the Blanchard, what we've done this yeah. year, but also why it's so important and a bit about the lady herself. Yeah, and it was also what we've got coming up and what we've got yeah. planned for next year because this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, like, I can't go, wait to talk yeah, about next yeah. year and really debate that. Cool. So I think that's about it from us. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I just, I just want to say thank you everyone for coming to the boxing. Yeah, you that makes it what it is. Um, and look and just get involved in as much events as possible you know coming up yeah obviously strong person Blantar Trophy number five then we roll into Boot Fest which is our live music festival then we've got B Company which is another Blantar Trophy event we're going to throw a fitness rave in there yeah. we've got a games night planned yeah and then we've uh, all of that and then we finish off with the, uh, with our boot camp awards board at the end of the year you know so there's loads to get involved in yeah We'll we'll talk all about that more in the next episode. Look after yourselves. Uh, you know, train your grip. You're going to need it for Sunday, <laughs> and well, we'll see you then. Cool. Thank you. See you later.